0: Hi there. My name is Sizwe Moyo, and thank you for listening to the audio version of my 500-word essay, The Entitlement Hypothesis. This forms part of a three-part analysis of some hard-hitting philosophy and morality-based content pieces. The aim of these content pieces is to challenge you to critically think, cause you to ponder and question the status quo, to debate, and even to help you to create your own point of view. Hope you enjoy this 10-minute read by me, Cesar Moyo Have you ever thought about how entitled you are? Like, really thought about it? You may at one juncture or another heard the phrase I deserve to be happy. We've somehow, as a generation, deluded ourselves into thinking that we are worthy of this paradisal, Disney-presented, sort of utopian bliss. Sure, that may be what we all want, but it's a far cry from what we actually deserve. The majority of this morose, instantly gratified, sullen generation is the product of a culture that rewards fake deep rupee core quotes that glorify one's sense of self. Maybe you're not as great as you think you are. You might be kinda cute, or you might be really good at math, but what kind of contributions have you made to society? What kind of contributions have you made to the betterment of your household? What kind of steps have you taken to improve yourself? What makes you think that great things will happen in your life if you're doing nothing to turn universal momentum in your favour? And sure, positive affirmations can be helpful for self-esteem and productivity, but they can tend to tip in the direction of narcissism if not properly handled. You begin to believe that you are great instead of believing that you possess the potential to be great. It is one thing to affirm yourself that greatness is on the horizon, but not actioning it makes you a blithering, self-important fool. That is when things become dangerous. I've seen this a lot in people who I've encountered that are religious fanatics. Emphasis on the fanatics. They claim to have this exceptional faith, but what they're really doing is making a claim of knowledge. Knowledge and faith are not the same thing. For example, I have faith that if I raise my son with good values and principles that he will grow up to be a fine and respectable and respectful and wise young man. I'm not making a claim for how he will turn out, truthfully, I just don't know and can't know. The staunch religious folks, however, will say that those who are not believers of a certain doctrine are damned to a life of vicious sadomasochistic torment at the hands of a real villain created by an all too powerful hero. How can one possibly know this with any certainty? You cannot. What they are doing is hedging their bets in a Pascalian way essentially covering their asses, should an everlasting life actually exist at the end of this dark and challenging tunnel of life. The idea, in their minds, is to live as though God exists just in case. Alternatively, they are completely deluded. They have deluded themselves on a daily basis that God, the most powerful being in the entire cosmos, loves them, protects them, and wants what's best for them as individuals. All they have to do is worship him and give a portion of their salaries to the church each month and that will make them deserving of the paradisal utopia I alluded to earlier. But what makes this way of thinking dangerous? Well, we've seen it all throughout history, more recently in the 20th century, where being on the wrong side of an ideology would mean hell. I mean hell in the literal sense, I'm not talking about some place you may or may not go when you die, I mean suffering beyond your wildest nightmares in real life. Just think of the death camps in Nazi Germany. One did not go to simply die at a death camp. One would go there to be brutalized and dehumanized in the most obscene ways possible. These death camps existed due to a thread in our humanity that we all possess in varying degrees. That it has to be my way or the highway. That we are capable of being monsters. It can only be narcissistic psychopathy that can cause someone to force their ideas upon others and kill them for not agreeing. Life is not easy, it can't be. Life is difficult, and in a weird way, it should be. In the past few years, okay, I've been both the happiest and saddest that I've ever been. I found myself a beautiful woman who understands me on a level deeper than almost anyone. I've had a healthy and handsome baby with her, and I plan to marry her someday. All of these milestones, because of their newness, have been equally anxiety producing and fulfilling beyond measure. For many years, I did not necessarily feel as though I deserved someone as amazing as she is, but I felt as though I was worthy of more than what I had in mind for myself. I began to speak more, become a bit more, not much more, outgoing. I fixed my speech, my posture, and that made all the difference. Not only did I feel different and more confident, but I was also perceived in that way. With some luck, I caught the eye of the mother of my child, and we have a pretty great life together now. I may have skipped over some real pertinent details. The truth is, for a year, we were looking into an abyss. It seemed inescapable. The bed felt empty even when she was there, and food had literally lost its taste. I didn't think I'd ever be happy again. I had done so much damage to my household that I didn't even feel like I deserved her. She was always sad, which made me more sad. I had seen such a horrific devolution of my character that I became sick at the suffering I had brought to her. Even though I took full responsibility for my actions, it still did not feel like I was the one who committed those atrocities. I eventually became the living embodiment of behavior which I strongly detested due to its traitorous and reprehensible nature. It was an out-of-body feeling as though I was watching myself acted out in a Shakespearean play. I've always thought of myself as well-intentioned with very little potential to do harm. I no longer think that. I've disabused myself of the idea that just because someone is seemingly good, that that means they are somehow harmless. I do however believe that looking into the abyss has made me a better partner and a better person. Coming back from the abyss in one piece makes rebuilding easier, strengthens your character, and offers a perspective you never thought you'd have the capacity to perceive. And that's growth. Realizing that nothing is owed to us, but rather that everything worth having is fought for. You are not deserving of something by virtue of your existence. You prove to yourself and everyone that you interact with that you are deserving. The wrongdoings I performed throughout my life were the result of selfishness, immaturity, and poor judgment. But those wrongdoings did not define me. My missteps did not dictate my future. Taking the responsibility, bearing the proverbial cross, gave me a sense of purpose, and lifting the cross off my shoulders was immeasurably satisfying. After pouring every ounce of energy into removing it, I made it my focus. Even with the extensive vocabulary that I have at my disposal, I struggle to explain the joy that comes with overcoming and possessing the potential to overcome life's most fierce adversities. This is not supposed to be some self-help piece. It's a war cry against feelings of entitlement. It is a petition against our generation's obsession with the material and superficial. It is a symphony of reason. You do not deserve anything in this life apart from your basic human rights. Everything else is fought for. It goes without saying that some people's journeys are a lot more complicated than others, but we all deal with life's peaks and troughs in varying degrees. It would be ignorant of anyone to think that someone who has access to this piece in the form of an audiobook is battling the same odds that someone in a disease and famine-ridden country is think about it, and I understand that. Frankly, these are just generalizations that describe the rule, not the exception. I am not writing from a position of authority, I am not a philosophy major and I don't hold any illustrious degrees. I am simply talking from experience. Going through it is growing through it. Believing that I am capable and worthy has empowered me to believe I have the potential for greatness and that I should be rewarded for a battle well fought.